All right, so we are here. This is Marcus and Peter, and we realized that both of us were trying to capture some speed this summer. I thought it'd be fun to jump on and discuss the details, how it's been going for you, how it's been going for me. It's been, I don't know about you, it's its pretty brutal to shift gears and just dive right in. So um, I'm curious, even as I was doing a workout on Friday, I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to debriefing this with Marcus because like, whoa. You know, you and I have been on here, we sort of have gotten to know each other as marathoners. And so talking about those types of workouts. And so, yeah, I, the, all I know is um, you've been diving into some summer of speed, as many people call it. And also that you have the Berlin Marathon already on the, on the calendar. And so, yeah, I, I want to hear a lot more about that. Yeah, sounds good. So, I mean, we've just, well, say recently, but it's been a little while ago where we both did Boston in london so it's been that sort of turnaround from spring marathons into summer trying to find some speed i did a 10k a few weeks ago and yeah it's just really diving into that and also we'll talk a little bit more about my change of approach because i self-coached before now i'm working with the guys at sweat elite uh, to help me get faster and run a sub 250 marathon oh wow so i didn't realize you were self-coached i don't know why i thought you'd you were working with a coach what talk to me about that thought process so yeah, I've been self-coached for a couple of years now. The guy I worked with before got me to sub three, and then I had a couple of races where I didn't quite hit that. And I think it was one of the situations where you're kind of doing similar workouts, kind of what you're doing before, but your life has changed. So I had an extra child, I had two kids, and I just wasn't been able to recover as well as I, I could have done before because I had more kids, more work. And yes, I needed to sort of change things up. So I decided to self-coach and I kind of dialed things back. And yeah, during that I actually ran five sub threes. So yeah, it's been going crazy in that time. So yeah, but I think it's all people. We can all learn from people. And I'm, I know we're good friends with Mario and I've had good conversations with him and other people as well. And you always get like little tidbits of things. So I think yeah. for me, it's just about um, taking a new opportunity to learn from some people experience and to see whether, you know, I gain something. I mean, what's going to happen time's going to pass you know i mean i'll learn something or i won't and i'll think you know what i mean so i'd rather give it a yeah. try no yeah it's always trying and experimenting and i like the idea of like is this workout uh optimized for two kids because it looks like it's optimized for one child <laughs> or like yeah. do you yeah. are you aware that i have a newborn in the home i mean yeah. i was just running with a friend who, who has a four-month-old this weekend and he was talking to me all about his schedule da, 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 and i was like oh yeah no i remember that like and you're doing it and um, before you know it, you know, your daughter won't be four months old, should be, you know, two years old or four years old and yeah. things will yeah. things will evolve. It's a recovery so rough, especially you can work hard yeah. if you're not recovering, this it's not a point, you know. It's just sort of like, yeah. No, I, yeah. I mean, we could talk about parenting and training in all different ways, like the adaptability yeah. you have to have, which, you know, there's a lot of things in life that can be throw people off their game. Yeah. I'm curious though, like how did you remind me again? You've done quite a few of the ma major marathons. You've broken three a handful of times. How did Berlin end up on your calendar? And so, like, how did you think about the? How do you build your training calendar for 2023? Your racing calendar. Yeah, so it's pretty marathon heavy. I'll be honest. In fairness, I probably haven't made a huge allowance for speed, as we'll get into. The winter of last year was basically cross-country, a lot of mileage, a lot of volume to get ready to run Boston and London back-to-back. -back. And then the idea yeah. is to have 
you know a few weeks to find some speed do some 10ks or which i'm doing um and then jump back into the the berlin marathon so the idea for berlin was that it's flat so you're hoping to run fast but i think ironically i think i still ran fast at boston i think you still run fast on a hilly course so i don't mm. think necessarily just because you run a flat course you're going to run a faster time but that's obviously this the the thing the lies that we tell ourselves <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah and there's likelihood and then there's yeah pulling it off like if you have a yeah. great race versus a mediocre race for sure but also the consistency you've had is really commendable so now you're like yeah you're sort of moving all of these i don't know what you'd call them you know like your expectations forward and you're saying like yeah so then exactly. how did you settle on this assortment of speed races was it like did you come in with that when you hired a coach or did you and your coach figure that out together uh, yeah a little bit of both i mean and looking at my training before it was really marathon pacific and i think i had speed it, it, it's like a marathon it's like when you've run marathons for so long it feels like your 5k and 10k are just like slightly faster than your marathon pace which isn't that fast so i think in yourself you just know that you've lost that turnover and last year I did the tracks with mile and I really enjoyed that. And I felt like I had really good turnover. I could sort of get into like, like under six minute miles consistently for, you know, for like a 10 K or whatever and lost touch with that recently. The other, I knew that in my training, I'd probably not done as much speed work. I think for me, I think the, the balance I have is just the recovery element. So I, especially mm. like I talked about before, a lot of my runs are actually my workouts are like early mornings is this is not some sort of david goggins type flex where i'm like i'm up at five <laughs> in the morning to like crush a day and make everyone else feel bad it's just that is the only time that i can get my workouts in because you go yeah. to work and then you come back and then the kids are in bed and there's no way you want to run after having dinner or before dinner in an evening so it's just that those are the that's the situation that i find myself in really yeah no i think that um I told someone when my son was born that after a couple months, I just felt like I was really in tune with how the the clock was just 24 hours and we could use any one of them for anything. Like, you know, I could probably fall for at least for the first six months, I could have like fallen asleep at any given moment because of like, I was exhausted and take a nap. Like if, if he fell asleep, I'd, I'd go fall asleep if I could afford the time. And then I was also trying to run. So it just makes you think about, yeah, like getting up early is glorified in certain ways, but I mean, for me, the yeah. people I'm most mystified by my friends. I still I'm friends and follow people on Strava who will go like hammer a long hard run at 10:30 at night, and I'm like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> you know, uh, it's just that's beyond me. Um, yes, yeah, but it's just like if you set aside the judgment, right? Like, um, whatever, whatever works. So then what were the length of the races that you did and what, what were the, how were the workouts different for you so far? Your most recent yeah. successes? I don't know. I, like we were saying before we started the conversation, I feel like I'm cheating speed work this season because I feel like, for example, I've seen you do the mile stuff and you're doing another mile coming up. It's like a party. I feel like I've gone to the party, but I'm leaving early. Like oh. <laughs> it's 8 p.m. and you're like still there until <laughs> midnight, 1 p.m. So you'll get the full yeah, benefit of it. <laughs> We're going to be rocking out. We might still be rocking out when you're done with Berlin. You come back and we're still partying. Um, yeah. So, yeah, because you, do you feel like, so you're saying, because how many days are you out from Berlin? It's just uh, 100 and something. I need to double check. But we're, I am within oh, okay. the block now. So my block has started. So my speed sessions were really quick, sort of really short. Okay. So I just basically had like three weeks before and I was put up to a 10K Battersea Park, which I did. 
and then the idea was used to use it as a time trial then i've got another 10k probably the a6 10k start of july and that'll probably be my last fast 10k potentially um uh -huh. i mean you could work something into the workouts but now it's literally just uh, mouth and pacific typically yeah. what i would should have done is just like you know follow say say the club system is just like literally just done road series uh, track stuff over the summer because that's typically you think you would do like cross country over the winter build for a fast marathon and then forget the marathon just do speed work over the summer and then towards the back in the year you start building cross country to do one marathon a year but obviously if you're doing two in a year it kind of throws that you have to compress th that side so i feel like there is some sort of compromise but you know uh, i think i really next year i do want to go back and do the mile again I felt like I got so much benefits from it. Like, for example, like one of the sessions I really enjoyed, well, really enjoyed with like type four fun type enjoyment was like the yeah. the 15 times 300 reps with like 30 seconds oh. rest. And if you're dealing with other people, it, it's fine because you're getting dragged along. But I met, I felt those kind of sessions really helped. And we did some stuff with like Nick Willis and we we're doing a mixture between like the really sharp end on the track, mm. tempo runs up to 20 minutes, nothing crazy and he'll work. So he'll mm -hmm. repeat. Where you just you know, but the the the, the cool downs would be walking down as opposed to like sprinting. Like for example, for Boston, yeah. for example, I do specific workouts where you'd be like marathon pace up the hill, marathon pace down the hill. Oh. And obviously, in these kind of sessions, you're really saving all your energy for the specific workout, and then yeah. recovering properly. Well, you touched on a couple of things there that I think are interesting. Like even the idea of a, a short essentially like three, even three weeks, three to four weeks of, yeah. you know, a speed, a speed month. I think there can be this feeling of like, unless I'm really going to set it up for a whole season, like a month to build a month to maintain, and then a month to like sharp, sharpen and perform, then it's not worth the time. But I mean, honestly, I, I, I feel like we're almost sounding insane as we say this, like, because what we're pointing out is how much we enjoy, you know, racing and training throughout the year. It's just like a yeah. passion of ours, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's obviously okay for people to, you know, take multiple months throughout the year of just like low-key running where it's just not the priority in their life and it's not the focus. Yeah. But I think when you pointed out, like, essentially what you did in May, we're really talking about like the way you came away from Boston in April and then you, you spent May doing something different and specific, I think is really commendable and kind of fun and I, why I wanted to hop on this call because it's just different enough than uh, it's very different from marathon training. So it kind of like sets down that skill set. And then it's also not like so long, like those three to four weeks could have easily just passed by and people could have been like, well, what'd you do for training in May? You'd be like, I don't know. I don't even remember like no, nothing, yeah. nothing to speak of, which is like, it's fine also, but like if we're going to take advantage, then why not get after it? So, yeah. So you're saying like, the repeat threes, anything of the, I'm always curious, like coming out of it, is there anything you might say to your coach? Like, Oh, I want to hang. I know we're going to start to focus on Berlin inside of a hundred days or so, but anything you want to hang on to, like could be drills or strides or uh, certain speed workouts or like anything you're like, Oh, I want to try to incorporate this to. as I, uh, yeah. I will answer that question. But actually one thing I did think about actually when we were speaking before, even though I was saying about, you know, you could have a, like a summer of speed work. When I did the, the mile training last year, it was one month training. Mm -hmm. So it did like the time trial and did the workouts and then the race at the end. And I did improve uh, quite a bit over that month. So I don't want people to feel like, oh, you know, you've got to like spread out a year. And if you're not, you're not doing it properly. Like I did it for a month 
and I did it remarkably get quicker. So you can like, target the speed, and I think that that's the key thing. So just don't overthink it. So yeah, I think three, four weeks still is a good enough time. Yeah. yeah to answer your question, I think things that I'd like to sort of keep definitely would be during my marathon block. I was just. <sighs> I don't think I was even threshold. I was mainly working a marathon pace and just above slightly. So I was, I think conscious like we were talking about before that I was working hard, but I wasn't working to breaking myself. And I'm not saying I want to break myself for Berlin, but I want to be able to try it. I think for me, I know personally, like if I do speed work, but in short bursts, like that really does move the needle. It doesn't need to be like 5k, just like all out every weekend. You could just be breaking mm. up into like minute on, minute off, or whatever. If you would, if you choose it that yeah. way, and it really does help um, to get that turnover. But even putting that to one side, doing like strides as well. Um, I always say to my athletes in, at the end of easy runs, it's really important to to do that as well. Um, so it really helps the form stretching. Yeah, priming the muscles and like really remembering those. I mean, I'm finding so I'm I ran. I was telling Matt on his call actually earlier that um. I knew I was running Boston and then a local club puts on something called the Rose city mile. And yeah. I reshared it on my Instagram, trying to like just promote it to the local community, trying to, you know, get people out and also do them a favor. And my friend, Paul, who's part of that club, DM me back from the reshare and was like, yeah, but you won't be there. Like you're not going to race. And I was like, damn it. Like I took it, I took offense and I like, it got under my skin, kind of like a little bit of trash talk in the best way possible. And I was like, I am going to be there. And this was before Boston. So I was like, I think I shot Mario and my coach. And I was like, um, you know, coming out of this, like, we'll talk, but I think I want to focus on the mile. And so it's been a total gut check and it's been really invigorating. Um, I ran a mile race last weekend and I was coming off of being sick and was just like, I posted on Instagram about this, like, I had every excuse to drop out. And I was just like, no, but the whole point of this, like you're saying, is like that first one shocks the body and like acclimates to like, okay, this is what it's going to be like. And then you do more of the adaptation. I mean, we have a few races here, which I feel fortunate to. One thing you've touched on that I think is worth noting is like how many great races you have at your disposal in the London area. Um, you just have like casually mentioned, you know, like cross country in the winter, all, all different types of track available racing in the summer, um, the A610K, like some really high quality races that you can get excited for, it sounds like. Those ones I mentioned are like in a city, they're okay, but like they're quite busy. But like some of the uh, low key events are like the Sir Chimnoy ones, they're doing Battersea Park. Okay. They've got like a couple of 10Ks, but mostly 5Ks in the evenings in the summer. And they are mainly like filled by club runners. And like you get like good club runners. Like the other day I ran the 10K and I had Rose Harvey there who's like an elite pro runner for, for yeah. Team GB. And, you know, she broke the course record. So, like, you never know who you're going to okay. meet there, to be honest. So I, I think th there's, there's so much depth. It depends on, like, how much you want to, to do it. I mean, but these are the kind of races that you go to. Like, there's no medals, right? You know, there's no, yeah. like, prize. <laughs> it's just, like, yeah. we come, we go. I mean, the volunteers are great, by the way. I don't want to make it seem like they're just, like, leave type thing. But it's very <laughs> much, if, if you're coming for that kind of race experience of just, like, you want people to support you. This is not the place. This is like, go yeah. hard and hang on, basically. Yeah. Wait, tell me, why would someone, any idea why someone like Rose Harvey would be at this 5K? For a lot of like the club runners, like it's a race that's promoted within clubs. It's like a benchmark and to, to use like as an alternative to just training because it can get boring just to kind of come to sessions. And I think yeah. there's an, a stimulus that you do get when you're put in a race situation 
that obviously if you're you know you sink or swim or you know it does happen in training as well but i think it's just, it, it's it, i think you always push yourself more in a race situation absolutely and i could also understand how for a lot of coaches or that you know that coach athlete relationship it's helpful to have a real benchmark like this is your actual fitness not like this is yeah. your estimated marathon pace right now I know as I'm coach, helping some people with their training, I'm like, you just kind of always just squinting at paces. Like maybe that's, you know, given all the factors, given sleep, given heat, you know, you're just like, maybe that's their pace. And then you want to yeah. ascribe a pace for some other interval length. And you're just kind of, you know, guesstimating because you're like, I hope yeah. that this sets them up well, but um, it's, it can be really helpful. You know, like the idea yeah. of when I was a kid, I was like hearing about this high end, um, heart rate testing, you know, and how you could go into a lab and they would like, uh, hook you up to sensors and figure it out. And then this guy was like, Hey, Peter, I was like 18 at the time. He's like, you could also just like run an 800 on the track and then take a few <laughs> minutes and this, run another 800 as hard as you can. Yeah. And when you fall into the infield, you could just like take your pulse and that is probably your max heart rate. I was like, yeah, thanks. Um, but he had a point. It's like, thanks for you that. know, we don't always know what we're, <laughs> we're capable of. Yeah. Um, so then, um, how, what's it been like having this, how'd you settle on what coach to go with? And like, what's that been like so far? So it came about through the podcast and I, I know Matt Fox and I had interviewed him and I've seen quite a few the bits he's done on, on Sweat Elite and, the website and I just thought like he's got quite a well-rounded view of the sharp end and you know just different training methods and when I had a conversation with him about my marathon training actually he he said he set some gems that actually that I then implemented into my training to to do the back-to-back sub threes like last year and this year so I just thought well to be honest like you know I mean, no one's got like the secret answer. I mean, there's no like magic workout, you know, but I think like he just had like a, like a rounded view uh, and the team yeah. does. And yeah, so the guys that work with him and Jack, um, you know, they've been really helpful and there's really experience. And um, like, even like this weekend, I was going to do a, well, the weekend has gone. The, the idea was to run a half marathon and my coach Jack was just like, Marcus, like the temperatures, and I, okay, just bear this in mind, right? We live in London, so like, oh. people are like this is not that hot, yeah. but it's like twenty nine degrees Celsius no, no. at the peak of the day. But yeah. I think the thing is as well, it's like if you if that's the first hot like su- like Sunday yeah. of the year, like you just can't just jump into that and think I'll be fine. And he's just like, mate, I don't think it's going to be like that race for you. So you could either go into it and do a, a like a, a moderate effort, or do you know what I mean? But I wouldn't advise to go and race it. So yeah, we. I mean, that's the kind of thing I, I approach as well. Like people actually do care and not trying to make. Because also, like it could also have a negative impact on your confidence. But, yeah. I mean, I knew for myself as well that how I react to like you know running in the summer as well. So I just thought like just sack it off. Do I did exactly the same distance, but I did it like where I live because I'm like it's still hilly where I live. Yeah. It's still gonna be hot. Yeah. I'm really not gonna. I'm just not gonna get a medal. Yeah. So that's yeah, so the only difference. I saw your. Well, now you're reminding me, I saw your post about just choosing not to start, which I think yeah. I thought it was well put. And I thought it was important to put out into the world. I also thought like, it made me think a lot about the subcontext to that post, which is like, mm. you know, this is a hobby for us. We all, we set up these like fake arbitrary things. Even signing up for Boston is just like a fake arbitrary thing that we choose to yeah. take on. And so then that feeling of yeah. like obligation to like, I mean, I know I think about it a lot when I'm laying out, like, what do I want to tackle this year or next year? You're like, well, these are all 
only important if they're important to me. So for you, it's like not, choosing not to do it can feel like, well, if I, if I start not showing up, like, where does it end? You know, but like, no, you have, that's also why I think for those of yeah. anyone listening who doesn't have a coach, it can be helpful for that external perspective of like, Hey, you're, if you choose not to like ram yourself into this really hot half marathon, you're not a quitter. Like you're just like making a smart yeah, choice. Okay. It's like, but I hear you. Like, I, I like how you touched on that. Um, the idea of your confidence. Okay. It's like what you said there, like I'm comfortable with myself that I know what my limit is. I think that you know, when you've quit and you've not quit and you know, when you've made the right decision, you've not made the right decision. I'm comfortable with my decision. And some people actually commented as well on, on that post saying like, you know, I ran a race like half marathon and it dented my confidence because you know, the weather took out oh, yeah. so i think it's just one of those things through experience that like you know in yourself like how your body's going to react and you just kind of have to put your ego to one side and just be like what is the bigger picture here what is more important yeah i mean i'm always blown away by how the pros are able to show up to hot summer races in the middle of the day like the world championship for mm -hmm. instance and perform well but one thing i came to see being around some pros in the portland area was it's like anything like the way you were training for Boston by running up and down the hills is very specific to training for that race. The pros, they're mm. like, I'm going to have to show up to a heat a in the literal heat. Mm. Um, and I don't mm. get to choose. So they'll find the hottest part of the day and they'll meet their coach out of the track and they'll, you know, they're going to, they have a very hard first workout and they have a very hard second workout and a very hard third workout. And it's like by the seventh workout in the heat of the day, they're like, Oh, there's just all I know. Um, and so then, you know, you and I, I've sat in the stands and been like, how are they going to run a 5k right now? And they're just like, yeah, they smash it. And you're like, um, that's another thing though. I think I've noticed we touched on already in this call, like running in the morning versus running at night. Um, as parents mm. who we often run in the morning for logistical reasons and also the consistency of the weather is pretty nice. Um, I've definitely yeah. showed up to a afternoon race, um, in the heat of the day. And you're like, uh Oh, uh, it's just yeah. a thing we are not adapted for at all. So it's like, oh, shoot. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm glad you're like holding it down for like, I mean, if we're going to adjust on the fly, you know, if we're going to be pushing our limits, you got to be able to adjust up and down and try things. My my training friends and I joke about, there's always that person who comments like, that's not hot. Come down where I live. And that happens everywhere. I mean, it's just like, that's not windy. That's not cold. That's not hot. Um, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it's a globe. <laughs> I've had a lot of friends from New York city show up to the Boston marathon and just feel like so deflated because it's the first warm day in the spring. And they mm -hmm. feel like for years, they'd be like, you know, friends from Manhattan in particular would be like, we haven't had any days like that. Um, and it's, it stinks because it's very subtle. I mean, I have friends who are running the grandma's marathon um, in Duluth where Kara Goucher is from and it's right along the, uh, Lake Superior. So you get this nice breeze. But if you, I ran it last year, and we had had our wettest, like coolest spring in 80 years here in Portland. So really like perfect training conditions. It was wonderful. And I had a blast training for it. And then I got out there on the, the day. and was like, Oh, man, it is very sunny. Um, and even if it's not too, too hot, it's like warmer than I've trained in. Um, and no one wants to hear you complain. And so I don't really, you know, I didn't mention it much. But I it's worth noting, like in the same way, that's the one place that Americans go to to run fast in June. It's just like the only place where due to conditions, it's still possible. I always have this bone to pick for people like you 
we describe the fall marathon season and you, all of you go to Berlin, it's still the summer. It is not the fall (laughs) equinox yet. And you're like, well, the fall marathon season kicks off. I'm like, it is summer, but I mean, you guys have had some really wonderful marathon weather days. Um, how do you feel about Berlin? Like, how do you size it up? Yeah. I mean, it's almost like what is worse marathon training in the winter or marathon training in the summer. Um, (laughs) and it's rough, especially in the summer, like the first few weeks. Uh, then you get adapted to it and it, it gets a little bit more bearable but then it's just trying to make sure you get in, in the right time of the day as well um yeah i think berlin is a tricky one because i think like again like we talked about before there's that misconception that because it's flat course it's going to be easier but i don't think that's necessarily true i think no. um i probably i think the challenge for me and i'll be open is was i think you know going from uh boston london to berlin it's quite a short turnaround so i mean trying to find some speed before getting to the block is is being quite short that's something to definitely think about and maybe i think next year i'll definitely have to be a bit more selective i think there's so many races that you want to do but you just can't do it like yeah. i was looking at like comrades and i was just like in my head i'm trying to figure <sighs> out how i was going to do that i'm like there's no way I could like do Boston and do that and do a mile. I'm like, this is just not working. <laughs> so, um, oh man. Will you let me know if you even start thinking about comrades um, seriously, please be in touch because I'm dying to do that race. It's just like a bucket list. I think I've talked about it on another relay calls. Like it's like, I, I feel like, but then unfortunately I follow a few people who went there and had tough days. And so, you know, you see in the comments, like, you can't just do comrades once. You got to go do it two or three times. To, and I'm like, well, okay, it's on the other side of the world. I would like to, I would love to do it once before I'm, I don't know what the future holds, but like, you know, while I'm yeah. still running hard, um, it just looks so do amazing. Mean- Wait, so I'm going to make you pick yeah. which is more your preference of training for marathons through the winter or the summer? Winter. Yeah. I, I just prefer the weather. And I, I, it sounds horrible. <laughs> but I'm gonna say that because there's less people running in the winter generally oh. where I am, so it makes you feel more epic that you're running. <laughs> you pretend that you're running by yourself, but you're clearly not. But dun, dun, you see dun, less people. Dun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, All the rocky music playing. Oh, I'm I'm a hundred percent in your camp. I I think it's also helpful that I think London and Oregon have, um, you know, similar climates. Like, yeah, they're pretty optimized. Um. I I go to the East Coast where my wife is from every summer and it's humid in August. And I mean, quite literally, those training efforts, you know, I'll be like, I'm going to run for two hours and 15 minutes. And like at two hours, I've never done this on the West Coast. On the East Coast, I call my wife on my phone that I've been like running hard and listening to music. And I'm like, can you pick me up? Like my chest hurts. (laughs) Like I'm having like, I'm feeling like this could get dangerous. And she's like, I'll be over, you know, like just find a tree sit under a tree and i'll come pick you up and um as much as i hate like cold wet water on my hamstrings as i'm mm-hmm. like trying to find men i did that before boston like three weeks before i was doing some tempo and long long tempo and like there was hail in my face and yeah you feel like oh this is rough and it's not fun yeah. but it's like totally safe i wasn't going to be hypothermic and like you know yeah. dangerous whereas if you're like out in an exposed area without shade in the summer it's just seems dangerous i don't know um yeah yeah it's rough you just feel yourself melting um, away don't you to it's, it's just like yeah it's like cracked yeah. open and you're like this can't be good um and you know <laughs> yeah those things um so then yeah anything that you're particularly i mean i'm excited i think a lot of us are excited for like your marathon progression and like how you've been you know just continuing to like find this consistency and evolve anything you're looking forward to pr- 
particularly incorporating to as that unlock for Berlin. There's the physical aspect of doing the marathon, but then there's the mental aspect. And I feel like it took me a while to get the the mental aspect to believe that I could break three. And now I'm in mm-hmm. that sort of place between the two fifties. It's kind of, again, that's like a, another mental place. And I feel like there's another unlock to go. And I'm not saying like you, you keep, keep, keep going, but I feel like for me, that's where I kind of need to kind of work on as well. Um, because the speed is there. Like I've, I've done it in training. It's just been able to kind of extend that out and, 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 and believe it, you know, it's interesting. Like, for example, the sub three, like in my head now, when I was in Boston and I was in London, I just, it's hard to explain it, but I just believed, obviously you've got to still do the training, but I just believed it was going to happen. So I felt like that yeah. was more likely to, to, to go through Whereas I didn't quite feel like I was going to, I believe I was going to go under the two fifty. So I feel like I could tell you mm. about the workouts that we're going to do up to a point, but I still think it's the mental side as well. And actually Absolutely. believing that it's, it's, it's possible. One thing I noticed when I was on this OTQ journey a few years ago, this chase for sub 219 was, so I had broken three, I'd broken 245, 240. I, I really like, for me, it really clicked when I broke 230. I, but in, mm. in between there, I, 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 I tried to break 235 and I broke 235. And so this sounds like I'm, but it, I'm not trying to like, walk through my successes i'm trying to say like there was this feeling of how it felt to approach like a goal and be like can i break that and then once i got my time lower a bunch of us were like well i wonder if we could break this crazy crazy time and so then what you see is this pack and what i've come to learn is those packs can exist at different paces but where you're less like can i run conservatively and try to can I run within myself and try to break this time? And it almost flips the script to like, when I was on this OTQ pack, I'd look around and I'd be like, some of these men are just going to see how long they can run with this pack. You know, they're, they're almost flipping it. They're like, Oh, can I make it 17 miles? Can I make it to the 20 mile mark with the OTQ pack and then hang on and just Mm. struggle home and like less, it's almost setting aside the finish a little bit. And like, um, because once, for a lot of these guys, either they'd run a bunch of marathons and they were not particularly worried about like proving the, the marathon to themselves and they wanted mm-hmm. to go for some big goal or they were new to the marathon and they're like, I don't even have a sense of what I'm capable. I just want to like run with these other guys I know and um, try to go for it. So I think I've seen that with the, for instance, the 245 pack. It's like a very interesting mm-hmm. intersection of like women and men who are all, who are both very committed. Mm-hmm. And I, I once ran... CIM race here with my buddy and he was trying to break 245. And so I was running with him and I was like, this is a really cool zone where you have all these men and women working together. And I know that exists at other paces, but it's just Mm -hmm. to say, like, I think there's something from that mental side that you're describing where you say, you know, what if I went out with the 245 pack and just like, don't worry about it. Like it's going to be embrace that. It's like, it's like calling it out and being like, it's going to be mentally hard. And sure, it'll be physically hard, but like it'll be mentally beyond my depth. But like it'll help me practice, push myself into a different sphere rather than like slicing it really thin and being like, can I slice it a little thinner? It's like, can I just go 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 crazy off the deep end? So I don't, I'm not, yeah. I'm not advising that. I'm not your coach, but I'm just saying like I agree. And so sometimes yeah. it can almost be freeing to just like get after it with some other people and you know go for it. When you said that, it made me think of actually like talk about just the group and. A thing that mm. a lot of people probably don't realize is like most of my training is solo 
Like a lot of my long mm-hmm. runs are solo. I've got people that I may dip in and out of, but we're not like that group aspect. And one of the cool things that that's why I joined Sweatly and working with Jack and Matt um, and Jack's been really cool about it. He's like, we've got a group for Berlin um, and I'll run with you for some uh-huh. of your runs as well. So like, at least I've got like that extra person now to run with to help push me. And I think when you, it's so, it's so true. Like, I think if you're running with other people and you've got that shared goal, like you're saying, it's like, not there's the pressure, but do you know what I mean? It's, it, it becomes easier. Whereas when you're like, you're saying if you're by yourself, you've got so much time to think about the, the, the seconds of the times and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I think definitely the, yeah, the group aspect is, is yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I want to sort of get out of the aspect of self-training and just work with the group as well. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's my buddy uh, who I went to college with just ran a really good mile on the track um, this past, or was it yesterday? Um, and he sent us this little video of it. And sure enough, like it was a local elite mile um, for people of all ages and there's all these people ahead of him and he's going around them. And like, you could tell he had lost himself in this, like the act of the racing. And then he, he ran a really great time and you're like, Oh yeah. Like, um, you know, even in a mile, it sometimes can be too many moments, too many seconds to be thinking inside your own head versus just reacting and just going for it. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely, that sounds like an exciting, um, community element to keep you, you know, in the same, in the right, mindset as you take on the next thing because like you know the sub three is commendable for where for certainly for we've come from but also we're going to be you know your fans of your running and yourself you're starting to be like okay but what's it take look like to take big swings again you know in the way that you had chopped time um yeah but also yeah um well cool i mean this is it's exciting to hear about i hope we can do this again like um maybe in a matter of months what well before berlin to like hear about like once you're in the thick of it kind of like a report back on you know how much your how much the speed has translated i want to actually quickly ask you as well like we touched upon it earlier in the conversation we spoke to your coach about you knew that you had the island the mile race whilst training for boston how did that like play into your training oh oh Uh, you know that was totally um an afterward um it you know what I found is like, it's like that micro cycle, the medium cycle, and then like the macro macro cycle. Like, um, I ran CIM in December and then I signed mm-hmm. I had signed up for Boston and I threw on the calendar, this 50 K that I ran this flat 50 K, um, mm-hmm. which was a really fun experience because it was a new distance for me. And like, just very much like, you know, blank slate, uh, I highly mm-hmm. encourage it to anyone like take, cracks at different distances where you just feel like, I don't know, I feel free to try it. Um, coming out of that 50 K that went really well, I felt internally sapped for a bunch of weeks. I was just like, my nervous system was very tired. Cause I had mm. kind of like, it's like that intense heat for three hours, uh, yeah. was longer than I had. Um, and I also felt like kind of stuck to the ground. Like I just wasn't feeling very fast. So mm. I knew, in some ways it was like an antidote to okay 50k training which i know actually i'll want to do more of as i um i'm curious about doing some 50ks next year in 2024 um but i think it'll be interesting to talk about with my coach because um so even by boston i wasn't feeling like fast fast i was only um had a few handful of weeks before it was time to taper where i was getting back to being able to like take the time once recovered to 
crank some paces to get that pop like you're describing. Um, So then I said to him, like, you know, it's it was about time to taper for Boston, where I said, um, I'm I'm kind of interested in some miles, but we'll talk about it, you know, um, once I'm ready to I'm recovered from Boston. But he's like, okay, cool. Like, I love the idea of you in the short order of six months, like doing the 50K, doing the marathon, doing a mile. And I think in the best way possible, I posted about this, like trying to set aside my ego a little bit, you know, not so much worried about like every finish time representing, you know, our whole self worth, which is sounds absurd to even say aloud, but it's just like, can be helpful because as marathoners, it's like, Oh man, it's such a big, um, such a big endeavor and it means so much and so like to rip off some shorter races and be like yeah it's just uh they're not all going to be perfect and that's okay it's interesting you talk about yeah this the worth that we can as runners do put into the marathons and sometimes i do sort of question like is that down to my feeling or is it obviously i think we're also influenced by the people because when i go Mm -hmm. back to the mile race last year i actually really enjoyed it and the thing about Mm. the mile is you could probably do it more often than the marathon yeah i mean you know, even though I've done like a couple in a week and you know, before, like it's not something you would want to do and like regularly because it just takes so much out of me, so much prep. And like you're saying, even with some of your friends, like from New York, you know, you spend all winter training, then you have a warm Boston and it just like throws things uh, out of the window. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've said it before, but like I have some younger guys I train with occasionally, they're faster than me, so I can't really do many full workouts with them. Um, but they're really like 5K specialists. Some of them are mile specialists. And I say to them, like, I kind of wish if I could take some of the excitement of a Boston or a Berlin and like lend it to them. Um, mm-hmm. I think they are deserving of that type of excitement. Um, but there's very track races, except for some like pretty elite ones tend not to be, you know, as heavily attended. And again, I think you're touching on it. Like the external factors, the, the fanfare, the, the buildup, um, they play into the feeling of excitement and the, the performance element, which um, we've all, many of us have like had those weekends where you're like, that was remarkable. Like how it all came together and it was just so memorable. Um, you know, setting your personal best at like, you know, like an 8K or 5K or 3K is just like, yeah. oh, wow, didn't know I could do that. Um, and, you know, and the fans are like, yeah, good job, you know. Um, uh, my rate my mile the other weekend was the first race of a like uh five or six hours of racing that built up to some like um world athletics bronze level races that were like just incredible people qualifying for the world championships but like when i started when they fired argon like there was like maybe a dozen people in the stands and yeah. um was, you know and then i was like okay like it's all right um but <laughs> It's not like, in the no, it's it's like light years away from what we experience coming down Boylston. Uh, it's just like <laughs> you're like, yeah, wow, it's interesting. There's so much we could talk about. Just like, just why at one particular side of the sport, there's not so much support, but the other side, I think with a marathon, it's the storytelling element. People feel inspired. Yeah. They feel connected. Whereas I don't, I mean, there's more than one answer, by the way. I'm not saying this is the only answer, but I don't feel people feel as connected watching track and field and the Diamond League compared to the marathon. Um, And there's so many elements to that, um, which we could spend probably (laughs) hours talking about. Yeah. It's just that element of like, obviously, I mean, you see it in London. The thing I always say I'm blown away by is like New York City in particular. 
you know, some of the best runners in the world obviously come in and try to win it. And then you have 8 million residents and you have millions who come in to town to cheer. And they're all like, wait a second, that seems impossible to me, but I see that guy doing it. And maybe I could do that. Like, yes, you get, you get that whole, you know, wonderful cycle going. And so you have inspiration on the sidelines, you know, feeding inspiration on the course. And yeah, I mean, like I, if you try to imagine the same scenario, it would be a huge starting line where they fire the gun and Jakob Ingebrigtsen and like Timothy Chariot take off. And then you and I are standing at the back, you know, ready to run a mile. We're all going to race a mile or a 1500. Um, You know, maybe you could get 10, tens of thousands of people out to cheer because they're like, uh, uh, and it's all one starting line, which is basically what, that's what makes the marathon kind of crazy. Like Elliot Kipchoge was jogging down the street and I was like, I mean, I, I I think we talked about that. I was just like, I just, my mouth dropped, my jaw dropped. And I was like, Mm. that's Elliot. Um, you know, and he didn't even win. Like these things happen. So, um, yeah, it's, it's like a lot, we could talk about these forever, but, um, I'm, I'm very excited for, uh, I've never, I think I've had some friends run Berlin, but you know so much more about it. So I'll look forward to learning more about that race kind of like as you, as you approach and then as you debrief it. I feel like every time you run it, it's, it's different, isn't it? I'm sure it's probably the same for you for Boston. It's like, uh, you have to take what you've learned, but you have to forget it. Cause it's just like a new day. Like obviously there's a course specifics and things that you can do. Like one of the good things about Berlin for me personally is that like, it's probably the only major where non-elites can put their water bottles down. So that means I can get more carbs on board. So usually like, for example, when I ran Boston, I have like a Morton I carry with me. So that's under 500 mils. And then I carry two, 250 mils um and i didn't top up with uh with gels so that's basically like 40 grams of carbs per hour but at least when i go to berlin i'll be able to get at least 70 mils of carbs uh per, per hour um and that's hopefully we should make a bit more of a difference as well um, yeah. especially if, if you're used to it um but there's so many little factors that you know i'm looking to practice and, and add on and even just like the the yeah i mean each race is different i mean just in terms of just like the depth of the field and the just like for example like boston is so like congested with people of your same pace running it mm-hmm. throughout whereas say it's not really the same as some of the other races um not to say they're not as competitive but yeah i mean they're just, they're just all different and unique yeah in different ways um but yeah i'm looking forward to it i just think yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to kind of working with, with the team and, and jack and, and and sort of getting stuck in i know we sort of we, we, we sort of you talked about it before but i'm just going to go back to it as well I'd love to know, like, what is your, like, key workout? I mean, like, so if you're training for the mile, like, what is the one workout that you do or that you think, okay, this, I know I'm, I'm ready to, to do some, something here uh, or I'm not, I'm not uh, there. <laughs> I don't know actually for the mile because I'm so new to it. And yeah. like, like maybe is always the case. Um, I, I only have like the opportunity to do, I think three or four more workouts before Mm -hmm. my key race. Um, maybe like, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe three, probably not four before I have to like taper up. And I mean, if I really cared about the mile, I would go, I've had friends be like, you should travel across the country for this other mile race in July and this other one in July. And I'm like, okay, like, I guess you're showing, you're revealing to me, you're making me face how much I really care about the mile. Cause I'm not ready to like travel across the country and put myself up in hotels to try to, that would be a better way to, you know, get the most out of myself. Um, yeah. it would probably be a lot of fun. It's just like, we have other family priorities this summer. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, tomorrow, is it tomorrow? I think I have some, I have some 600s where I have to like split the 400 at mile pace and then sprint, like accelerate for 200 meters. So I think that'll be a good, I saw that and was like, Oh, here we go. Um, Cause it'll be like, it'll be a 600 with a 400 jog recovery afterwards, a handful of those. So it's like, it's going to be a gut check. Um, but I mean, last two, we didn't even touch on it. Last Tuesday, I went out and tried to run some 800s, some easier and then some faster. And it was, it was one of the first hot track workouts I've done in ages. And I just like crashed and burned. I had to cut the, uh, I was supposed to run eight. I ran five um, and was just like, I'm, I'm toast. Um, but it was good. You know, it was good fuel, fuel for the mental fire. And then also good adaptation. I can't tell you for the mile. And this is kind of like proving my, how naive I am at the mile. I mean, I, so I raced the mile, call it a 1500. Yeah. I had previously raced mile 1500 in like 2003, 2004. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was like, you know, feels sort of familiar, but very, very far off. I would have to go and ask my friends from college, like what were our key workouts that really let us know we were, we were ready, ready. Cause I have some friends who, again, they'll do the marathon, but really they're milers at heart and they love yeah. it. And they just like get the most out of themselves in four minutes of work. And I'm like, Oh, how about, how about you come on over here and settle into a 10 mile tempo with me? Like yeah. that's more my jam. So yeah, I think, but again, like we're talking about it's, it's, we know it's good for us. Like the, the variety and the diversity of stimulus, um, mm. keep us from just being, I think you're sort of touching on it. Like there's a, for a lot of um, amateur runners who come to the marathon first, there's like so much meat on the bone early that if they stay healthy, they're just like chop, 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 chop. And then it becomes like, okay, you can't just get into the two to three marathons a year cycle and hope to like start to climb that steeper curve. You have to, you know, force yourself out of your comfort zone, um, which is crazy to think that like at some point the marathon becomes our comfort zone, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, it's like you're saying like for Boston, London, like, I don't feel as nervous running them. But I remember like running a mile first time last year. And I was just like, it was just like the first time I run a marathon. Do you know those butterflies you yeah, get? Yeah. You're so nervous. Yeah. Um, and I think you're, you're so good. Like you're, you're, so, you're so right. It's, it's sometimes so good just to challenge yourself and, and do different things and use different muscles and, and, and just yeah. like find the fun for it. Cause it doesn't, fun isn't just in 26.2. I mean, there are other distances <laughs> you can yeah. do. Yeah, you can have your favorite event and it doesn't mean you can't do other stuff. Um yeah, yeah I mean I have a, there's a a man locally that I'm sort of advising, not really coaching yet, but I might be coaching in the future and he yeah. just said straight out like quite honestly, he's like I'm pretty terrified of running the mile. Um even though he's quite fast. Um uh, he's just like, mm -hmm. "No. This is someone who did I think three marathons last year and you know, it's just not um yeah. I was like, "Hey man, I know you think you want to go run that half marathon, but it sounds like you're for him. He's like quasi committed. He's not really in a zone of believing he can achieve his, he's not sure what his goals would be for that half marathon. I was like, you should run this mile at the end of June. And he's like, Oh gosh, I'm terrified. Um, you know, he's like, I don't want to do it. I'm terrified. And I'm like, wow, we, we are talking about, we are now talking about this for longer than the, the race would even occur. You know, it would be over yeah. very quick quickly but it's that it's that comfort zone it's like feeling like an outsider versus like feeling confident so i get it um but this is why it's like fun to this is why i wanted to hop on this call and kind of like embrace the uh stepping outside the comfort zone 
there's um, a different mindset as well it's just like i'm not saying with a marathon like you can just cruise and coast and stuff like that but like when you're doing a mile or 5k or 10k on track for example like there's it's not like a lot of room for error or times to think about, yeah. you know, it's like the mile. It's like, <laughs> if you go too hard on the first, you know, 400, yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be pretty hard to recover, but then it's just like judging it. And it's, it's, it's a matter of seconds, you know, and yeah. it's just like that, that, and it comes to quite fun that, you know, tactical way, but it's just, it's really hard to, to, to do as well because it's just requires. It's like much. really fast. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, we got, that's the, that's what I'm taking away from the first one I did is, um, you know, when a guy I know passed me, um, I was like, okay, latch onto him, but he had already shifted gears. And so like he passed me and mm. he wasn't running that much faster, but he was gone. Like he was, yeah. I was like, okay, fall in line behind him. And he was just gone. And I'm like, whoa, okay. I know that you and I rationally would say like, yeah, the thing about the mile is the moves happen a lot faster. Da, da, da. We'd all say it, but then to witness it and experience it and be like, I can't, I'm not ready to shift that gear. So yeah, part of what back. I'm doing tomorrow on the track. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, you're gone. Or you look at the results and you're like, Oh, Marcus was only like three seconds ahead of Peter, and you're like three seconds in a marathon is like, but 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 three seconds in a mile is like yeah. Marcus is gone. He's in a different yeah. you know, race, basically. Awesome. I have to run to a, a different meeting. This is we can talk about this stuff all day. Um, this is wonderful. Okay, I want to hold us to account to uh, bring it, jump back on uh, in maybe let, let's call it a month or so because uh, I'm curious how these things will translate to prep for Berlin and like how we're making the most of summer training yeah sounds good and also I'll, I'll share some of the workouts and how they've gone as well yeah i'd love to um yeah i know i mean if if people listening haven't gone and checked out sweat elite um it's a whole nother thing that you can tell us more about um i've been following um matt's you know trajectory the last couple of years and he and i have been in touch a little bit and really impressed by what he's building so it's it's pretty cool we'll have to figure out how they're maybe have him on relay and dig into that or something like that it'd be really fun yeah, definitely. That sounds good. I'll, I'll definitely speak to him. Cool, cool. Talk to you soon. Cheers, Peter. Bye.